This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Welcome to Audiobook Test Drive. In today's episode, we are featuring an excerpt from Amigos in Arms, written by Philip McCormack. Can outlaws evade the revenge of battle-hardened ex-soldiers? When an outlaw gang plunder a small ranch, killing the owners and kidnapping members of the family, they unleash a fury against them and an unrelenting thirst for revenge by former Union soldier Burrell Swope when he discovers the foul acts perpetrated on his family and home. Burrell and his companion-in-arms, Jackson Barnhart, two battle-hardened ex-soldiers, set out on the trail of the gang. Despite many setbacks, at times it seems their quest is going nowhere, the pair track the gang to their lair in an abandoned monastery where the bloody battle of Desierto de los Leones ensues. When the gun smoke settles, who will be left standing? And now for your listening pleasure, an excerpt from Amigos in Arms. Chapter 1 the cave was huge, shadows corresponding to grotesque caricatures of the torchbearers flickered and danced along the cavern walls. The footfalls of the intruders echoed into the empty vastness. Here is the place, an excited voice called. Here is the place, here is the place, was repeated until it became a dull murmur within the cavern. His companions crowded around the speaker, stumbling over loose rocks strewn across the floor of the cave. Some carried branches, the ends of which had been soaked in coal oil and set alight for makeshift torches. They held the flaming brands aloft, lighting up an opening in the wall of the cave. It was about the width of a wagon, with about as much headroom. A tall, bearded man, strong and authoritative, pushed forward to the mouth of the fissure. Joseph, that looks like a good place indeed. Let's get this stuff in, he said. Caesar, are you sure this is a wise plan? The man who spoke was Joseph Graziani. His narrow eyes had drooping pouches underneath and a slit of a mouth that never smiled. Caesar Caleros, the man in charge of these rough fighters, turned a baleful eye on the speaker. What would you do instead? We could push on through the passes. Once on the other side, we could keep on going to the border and home. You would, would you? And what if we hit an army patrol? We can't run with a wagon load of gold. We'd have to stay and fight to try and keep it. Maybe they outnumber us and overcome us. That way we lose our lives as well as the gold. No. We hide the loot in this cave and come back with a strong enough force to protect it. Are you sure we'll be able to find this place again? The tall, thin man who spoke was Lucian Tarin. 
He had dark skin and high cheekbones, indicating Indian ancestors. Sure, that's the easy bit. Just line up a few landmarks and draw a map. Each one of us keeps a copy, so if some of us are killed or captured, the survivors still have a chance of coming back here again. There were murmurs of approval all round. Can't we just take some of the gold with us? Graziani harped on. I could do with a little spending money. Damn it, the reason we're hiding the gold is because it don't belong to us. It belongs to the civic government. Maybe you forget we had to kill the escort to get hold of the goddamn stuff. Just start spending that loot, and the army will be all over you, like fleas on a hound dog. To save yourself from a hanging, you'll have to tell them where the gold is at, and even that might not be enough to stop them. You'll start squealing like a hog in a butchery barn. Then we'll all be hanging in a row alongside you. Six brave owl hoots hanging in a row. This here is our wealth to keep us in luxury. Once we get it back to the hideout safe and secure, you can spend, spend, spend whatever way you want. You can have whores galore and enough liquor to pickle your rotten innards. Graziani was still not convinced. A bird in the hand is worth two in the bush, he grumbled. It was a grouse too far. A look of anger appeared on Caesar's face. With a swift movement, he drew his colt and struck the man a blow across the side of his head. Ah! Graziani staggered back and crashed against the cave wall. His torch tumbled to the floor and guttered fitfully. Damn your eyes, Caesar! What the hell you do that for? In the semi-dark of the cavern, the disgruntled man surreptitiously slid his hand to his holstered gun. The bandit leader pointed his readied pistol at Graziani's head. There came the distinctive click as he cocked it. Sensing the signs of impending violence, the men with the torches ceased moving. Graziani's hand also stopped inching towards his gun. I hit you to stop your blubbery mouth. If you want to do anything about it, make your play now. I'd as soon leave your stinking corpse here to guard the loot. The only movement was the flickering light from the torches casting demented configurations against the ancient walls of the cavern. Perhaps during that charged moment, some of the men caught in the little drama of life and death stopped breathing. Somewhere in the rear of the cave, water dripped, making a thin tapping like a drumbeat at an execution. The tension rose like an invisible miasma in the underground gloom. The seconds ticked dangerously away before Graziani let his hand fall to his side. Damn it, Caesar! Can't a fella have a disagreement with you without you breaking his goddamned skull? It's a fella's right to gripe and argue with his chief. Sometimes your whining gets right up my ass. I'd as soon blow your damned head apart and see what's inside that makes you so goddamn mean. Now get this straight. We hide the gold in this here cave. Then, when we gather enough men to transport it safely, we ride back and collect it. There's enough there to go around for all of us. 
Caesar glanced at the rest of the squad. There were seven of them, including the two men arguing the toss. Tomas Samora was tall, round-faced, and solemn. He liked inflicting pain on man or animal. Luis Gamera, old before his time, with a bald head and a permanent sour expression, was a coward and a backshooter. Barnabas Pedraza was chubby with a round, pleasant face that hid a murderous nature. The broad man with a blunt, square face was Diego Sarmiento. He spoke little, but was swift to anger. The gaunt, sharp-faced man was Angel Lise, who liked to use his knife on prisoners unfortunate enough to fall into his hands. Anyone else got objections? Speak up now! There were no takers, some men shaking their heads to acknowledge their agreement with Caesar. He glanced at each man in turn. None of them chose to meet his eyes as he challenged them. Using his free hand, he gripped the man he had struck by his jacket and pushed him roughly. Now pick up that torch and let's get the job done, you gutless piece of dung. The sooner we get this stuff stashed, the sooner we're away from here. Get out there and start ferrying that damn gold. Graziani picked up his torch before stumbling towards the cavern exit. See if you can wedge some of those torches in the walls here, Caesar instructed. It'll leave your hands free to carry in the loot. For the next hour, the men worked steadily, transporting small wooden kegs into the cavern and stacking them in the fissure they had discovered. The men sweated profusely as they labored, their burdens seemingly much heavier than their size warranted. It took two men to carry each load. The reason for their excessive heaviness became clear when one of the casks was accidentally broken open. Lucian Tarin stumbled on the uneven floor and lost his footing. As he fell, he let go of his end of the load. His companion, Luis Gamera, could not keep hold, and the barrel tumbled to the rocky floor. There was the crunch of breaking wood, and the container burst asunder. A golden torrent poured from between the broken ribs. The light from the torches was reflected in myriad little sparkles as gold coins spilled onto the dusty floor. Clumsy off! Caesar was there, kicking and cuffing the falling man to his feet. Get a sack from the wagon and transfer the gold to that. I'll be watching to make sure it all goes in. The men carrying the barrels past the spillage were mesmerized by the sight of so much wealth lying in the dust. Their eyes gleamed with greed, as if the coins mirrored that glitter. Caesar stood over the broken keg and yelled abuse at his men. Keep moving, you whoresons! And keep your thieving hands to yourselves! I catch any man filching, and it'll be a flogging! Struggling with their heavy burdens, the men dragged tardily past their leader. Caesar did not move from his sentry duty until the spilled gold was safely scooped up and placed in a gunny sack. We hope you enjoyed listening to this excerpt from Amigos in Arms. If you would like to hear the entire audiobook, it can be purchased at Amazon.com, Audible.com, and iTunes.com.